back to this week's episode of Try to Help Podcast. Man, this episode is a barn burner. It really shreds the gnar. Man, we cover all kinds of different topics on this week's episode. Weekly training must-haves in regards to lifting, maintaining discipline going into the new year, cultivating purpose and passion, and just so much more in this episode. It's, it was a great one. So if you liked the episode, hop on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and shoot us a review. Give us some feedback. And of course, if you have any questions, please feel free to DM us at Triad Health Pod on Instagram. Yes, sir. Yeah, I hope you guys get as much value out of this as we do. And uh, enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. All right. Boom, we're rolling. Taylor Smith, what's up, dog? What's up? <laughs> I don't think I've ever called you Taylor Smith, like to your face. It's pretty funny, <laughs> uh, dude. So you want to you want to jump into some uh, real talk when it comes to I, I don't know what you want to call it, mind, fitness, mental health goals, staying on track. Totally. A quick caveat is I someone was talking talk to me about this the other day, and I think it's a good point. Mental health is such a broad spectrum. Everyone has mental health, just like everyone has physical health. I think a lot of people, when they hear the word mental health, they associate it with people who are medicated or who are in a hospital for it or who diagnosed with something. Everyone has men- mm-hmm. mental health, and there's just different levels to it. Everyone has physical health. Everyone has financial health. Everyone, so I, I thought that was a really good way of putting it. Because I, even when I hear it, just when I read it, immediately I think, okay, this person is working only with people who are diagnosed as being mentally sick. And that's not the case at all. So I just wanted to clarify to everyone. That's my thoughts, at least. This, that, that's not a fact. It's just an opinion. But I think everyone has mental health. And there's just there's levels to this game, dude. Just like anything in life, there's levels to it. For sure. And I think waking up every day with some sort of purpose, you hear that a lot, especially from these guys that are what we think of as at the top waking up every day with a purpose and, and you know, maybe not necessarily a goal. I think that there's a yeah. lot of like, I don't know. There's a lot of, I, you know, it's kind of a fine line with goals too, right? Because some people they're too scared to set a goal. I don't think goals are good for everyone mm-hmm. because some people won't even set them because they're too afraid not to hit them. Some people will set them, not hit them and then become depressed or lose confidence. And then some people will set them, and only form of happiness comes from hating them, and they don't enjoy the process as much as the yeah. prize. So it's kind of a depends on the person type of thing. Some people are super goal oriented, and that's great. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you. What, what do you feel like? Where 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 are you on that? Like, do you have specific written down things in mind, or do you just know that okay, this day my activities during this day are going to go towards this general kind of end game? Yeah. What, so do, you, what do you feel I, like when that? And then and then really quick too. You said purpose in the morning. I think that's great. And if people don't have a purpose, which a lot of people don't have a purpose, unfortunately, I always just remind myself when I was like, when I didn't really have a purpose, just living in the hospital for three and a half, two and a half years, excuse me, um, straight most of the year, every single day, I just kept thinking to myself, I wasn't put on this planet to stay under the covers. Not even the worst humans, the most evil humans or the most successful and positive humans. No one was put on earth just to stay under the covers all day under the blankets. That's no one's. That's not the reason you were the right. one in a million, one in a, one in four trillion, four hundred trillion to one odds of being a human. You know, so I just every morning when I the mornings I struggle to hit with the snooze button or getting up, I just immediately my brain goes to you were not put on this planet to stay warm under the covers. Yeah, it, it's just not where you. No one was yeah. here to do that. That's no one's job. 
So I just that immediately gets my ass out of bed. I think bumping up against resistance like that's healthy too. Yeah, I agree. I agree because every morning I'm not jumping out of bed. Most mornings I am, luckily these days, but not every morning. And the mornings I'm not, I just immediately my brain goes to, you are not put on this earth to stay warm under the covers. And then I'm just like, yeah, you're right, Jack. Get the fuck up, you know? So anyway, anyways, regards to the, how would you characterize yourself or like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Like, from my opinion, I think it just depends on the person, whether goals are, ne- I think goals can be good for everyone, but I don't think they sh- should be like so hard for everyone. Yeah. What do you think? What so I think thoughts? it depends, uh, like you said, on the person, but for me, purpose and passion are both close relatives. So yep. I focus on what I'm super passionate about on a daily basis on a micro level. And I'm not super duper focused on, I want to have this by this time or whatever. I said, I keep my long-term, I guess, air quotes goals to more of like a financial level and stuff like that. But as far as me being happy and creating purpose and passion in my life, I keep trying to keep that on a micro level. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do. I agree. I agree. And I think, um, so let me, let me ask you and I'll bounce, bounce off my thoughts based on your answer to these questions. So on the short-term micro level, like day-to-day activities and the reason why you're doing your day-to-day things is for kind of a general sense of health longevity when it comes to your health. Mm-hmm. Not like a specific, I want this exact ounce of weight on the scale and this percent of body fat or this exact number and live because that doesn't, yeah, it's not that important to you and nor should, should it be. Um, but then you said financially though, you do have like specifics when it comes to like financial goals. Okay, that, make, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's like, I am very similar with everything. I don't, I have specific goals, but not specific harsh deadlines. I have general deadlines. I don't give myself like a five-year window. I yeah. narrow it down, but I don't have a specific hard deadline because I know my own Achilles heel is if I have a specific hard deadline, that's the only fucking thing I care about. And then I won't enjoy the process as much as the prize. And then once I get to the prize and meet the goal, that's kind of like that gut feeling of like, oh, this is all that I feel. Okay, now what? I just accomplished that. The last three months of trying to achieve this goal, I did it, but they were miserable and I hated my life. Now what the fuck do I have to do? I think that's what we see. I think that's what we see with New Year's resolutions is people that, I mean, statistically, 8% of people actually follow through in the long term with their resolutions. Yeah. And that's 90, you know, that 8%, so 92% after 15 days are done. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, as humans, like we don't want to deal with the, the upset of failing, you know, the consequences of, of failing what we set out to do which is can spiral into a whole other discussion about how important failure really is for you as a person. But, um, yeah, I think the humans who have failed the most don't feel like that, but the ones who haven't tasted and tried enough stuff or attempted enough things, that's the, those are the ones which are most humans. Unfortunately, those are the ones who don't, when they hear the word failure, it makes them skin crawl. Cause what, once you fail a lot, you realize it's not that big a deal and it's just a learning lesson. You know, I, right. we don't need to get into these che- cheesy cliche things, but it's just true. You know, every it, life isn't what happens to you. Like does, life's not what happens in regards to your goal, but how you respond mm-hmm. with whether you meet your goal or not, you know, right. thing. So I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and it's uncomfortable, you know, it's, it's like the way human nature has developed over the last thousand years is to stay comfortable to avoid danger 
and the the human consciousness we are we're the most intelligent at least we think sentient being on the planet and uh, the one thing that i know right but the one (laughs) thing that like separates us from all their animals is we can literally think ourselves into a fight or flight response right whereas every other living organism has to literally experience it our thoughts can make us sick alone no 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 other animals can do that so that's i think part of the hurdle for most people to overcome when it comes to setting intentions, goals, whatever you want to call them, is they're just afraid. Um, they, 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 they start thinking themselves into backing down and they lose that confidence. And Absolutely. What are your thoughts? Speaking of New Year's really quick to finish on it. I know my thoughts. What are your thoughts on like people sitting New Year's resolutions? Um, I'm not trying to shit on yeah. them because I no. think that if that's what helps, if that works for some people, great. Problem is it only works for 8% of people. So I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah. So we talked about at the beginning of the episode, we talked about how different people focus on different things uh, on different levels. So for me, I'm, I focus every day on what I love doing and my passion and I'm in it for the long haul, right? <clears throat> you have to be in something for the long haul and it takes a long time to cultivate purpose and passion. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. I don't think resolutions are inherently bad, but as I said, statistically only about 8% of people follow through with their actual resolutions. That's why you see, you know, at a lot of gyms, people, you know, they'll gain a fuckload of membership yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they'll drop off in February or whatever. I don't think they're inherently bad. The problem is people just don't follow through with them. And Correct. maybe they, maybe that's a lot of reasons, right? Maybe that's the, they can't deal with the failure. Maybe that's just setting too unrealistic of goals where they're on the totally opposite end of the spectrum. Maybe they need to take things a lot slower. Um, Maybe a lot of things, Uh, you know, I'm not going to like totally shit on resolutions per se, but uh, you know, I think a different way to look at the resolutions is just reflect on the year. This is one thing I saw a lot on social media and actually unfollowed a lot of pages that I really liked following, but they kept putting out stuff like, fuck 2020 and Mm. 2020 sucked and can't wait for 2021. That's one of the things that really bothers me is when people are like, fuck this whole entire year, this whole, this whole year sucked. Let's just hope for the next year to be better. And it's like, man, there's so much that I learned in the 2020. One of the best years of my life period. And to have people say that the whole year sucked, it just like irked me a bit. So I just, I'm spiraling yeah. off on a rant now. No, so I agree with you. But I think resolutions <laughs> are intrinsically a good idea for someone to have something to shoot for. But waiting for the New Year's, why, why wait? Right. Yeah. I mean, why wait? The, first of all, time in the calendar, that's all, that's just, that's time in the calendar. It's all just made up by humans, like just the schedule yeah. thing. So, like, why would you wait for some, it's strict schedule of, of numbers that was made up by humans long time yeah. ago instead of just going acting now. Because the longer you wait, I, I don't know the exact stats on this, but I do know from personal experiences, the years where I just, when I wanted to change something about myself, when I just did it, instead of waiting until January 1st, I actually fall through and remain with it. Mm-hmm. Like if you really want to change, you'll start now instead of just saying, okay, I, it's December 22nd. I can eat shit for eight more days, nine more days, and then I'll really buckle down. Bullshit. That's the worst. I'll show you the yeah. stats on that, buddy. So, but I, I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just, I've never, when you, 
a lot of people do make resolutions and this is from people I've talked to as well. This is not just me spitting shit here is they do reflect on their year and they're like, okay, we're going to improve. Well, if you reflect on a daily basis, mm-hmm. like, like, like I do, you're not going to need to sit back and make all these drastic changes at the That's beginning exactly of the next year. Wanted to get to. So That's every single thing. night of every single day of every single week of every single month of every single year, I look back in that 24-hour period and literally self-assess, quit the bullshit, stop lying to myself, and see where I can improve on. And that's my measuring stick. Not, let's just try my best this year, kind of throw shit at the wall, see what sticks, and then at the end of the year, kind of reassess. Yes, I reassess at the end of the year looking back, but it's not to reassess to change major things. It's to reassess to like look back with gratitude and stuff, not, not for resolution purposes. Um, but I do think resolutions or setting goals is good. I just think waiting to do them, that's right. You're, you're doing it. It's silly. Very, very silly in my opinion. And the longer, the longer you wait, the less progress you make. And as humans, progress, progress usually equals happiness. Mm-hmm. Progress equals happiness. That's for most humans. When they're making progress in some area of their life that's important to them, it's usually going to increase their joy, their ecstasy, their happiness. So mm-hmm. I think resolutions are great. Setting goals are great. But waiting to start them for no other reason besides just a date on a calendar, get the fuck out of here, dude. Get the fuck out of <laughs> okay. here. Anyways, that's my thoughts as well. Um, totally. What do you think about um, – so I know how I, I, I – you want to talk about like how you kind of hold yourself accountable – and stay on the track towards kind of your goals or ambitions. And then I'll kind of give my little, what I do personally, and then the listeners can kind of take what they want from what works for you and works for me. Yeah. I'm going to kind of dive into that, the specifics of kind of what things that work for you. Cause we could sit here and just shit on the average person all day. It's not going to help anyone. So um, what do you, what do you do that helps you, that holds you accountable? Do you just, were you just born with just this, self-discipline that like maybe your parents passed down on you or they're like, I don't know. How, how do you keep yourself in check? So you don't go like on a two month bender of straying from what's important to you. Yeah. And I think you answered part of it by saying what you do is what you're passionate about. Most of your daily activities you're passionate about. So that definitely helps. But obviously there are times where your motivation probably isn't there. So what do you do in regards to that to hold yourself accountable and kind of stay on track? Mm. Any, anything. And maybe you haven't thought yeah. about this. Do you write it down? Do you, have someone that hold you accountable, maybe Grace, your girlfriend holds you. I don't know. What do, what do you, what do you, what would you say on that, Taylor? Yeah. So there's a lot to kind of unpack here. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a, no, it's great. Question. I love it. And then I'll um, answer the same. See, I kind of answered the first part of this question earlier with purpose and passion. Yeah. But so it's really not like in, on the grand scheme of things, it's really not that hard for me to keep on track with things that I really love. It just happens. So happens that all the things I really, really enjoy doing are actually really fucking good for you. You know, and I've, I've cultivated so many of these different lifestyle practices now, which is kind of crazy. I'll go off on a little, little spiral here, but all the stuff that I do in my day now, my day is so filled up with things that I thoroughly enjoy doing. And I think other people can get a lot of benefit from as well. You know, things like yesterday we did the cold plunge and then we did, we did sauna and we trained, we exercised and we were outside and things like that, you know, like Great conversation, great conversation, yeah, like yeah. all these things that I think so many people can benefit from. And uh, just that's the way I enjoy my life. You know, like that's I wake up every day thinking, wow, how am I going to enjoy the fuck out of today? And I have a set 
number of things. And of course, we all have goals that we need to provide for you know families and stuff like that. And um, but for me, it's just I I do a lot of things to keep myself on track. I I do a lot of things. I do a lot of reflection. I do. I take notes in my phone. I use Google Notes. I know a lot of people recommend journaling and things like that. I do that as well. Is this a um, daily or a weekly? Daily. I'm okay. almost daily. Like gotcha. I'm not necessarily journaling like how my entire day went per se, but I'm always writing things down. Right. I'm okay. always thinking, how could I have been better this day? What What did I do that I maybe shouldn't have done? How do I mess around with this and that? How do I tinker with this? And how do I tweak this? You know. I'm always in my head about that stuff. So I think, yeah, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. Well, I think you're kind of out of your head with that because you're, put, you're, you're putting it in your phone or writing it down, so that helps. Yeah. I feel like if you don't jot it down on your phone or write it out, then you'd be even, it'd be even more in your head. So I just, I don't know, kind of a joking yeah. interruption there. But, you, you know what, man? Yeah. Like Discipline is so hard. Like it really is. Like it can be hard. For me, not so much anymore. But when I first started doing a lot of the stuff, I've always enjoyed lifting. I started lifting in 2008, and I've always enjoyed lifting. It's an outlet for me, and I think that's what a lot of people are missing in their life. And I think that's why we're seeing – I'm going to go off on a little soapbox again, but I think that's why we're seeing so much of this divide and turmoil and all this stuff happening in the country is because people just genuinely don't have a healthy outlet. They don't have something that they're – we're we're kind of at this space right now where we need more people to be creative and we need more people to like cultivate their own purpose and passion. Mm-hmm. I know I'm key, I keep bringing it back around. To this yeah, purpose and they and need to thing. cultivate better energies within themselves, which will Definitely. spread on other people. You feel better about yeah. yourself. Energy's then you contagious. feel more confident about yourself and then you start talking to more people and then you start, there's just a spiral effect and then people get inspired and then you do, you know, it's like. And then you're around people who are inspired and then you're around people that are good for your health instead exactly, of being a toxic. Right. Yeah, dude, it's a, it's a, it's a tumbling effect. A tumbling effect, yeah. absolutely. So there's just so much that goes That's into dope. that. How do you stay on track? How do you, it, it's, Look, it's me, literally like some of it has to do with momentum that I've just generated over the past couple of years. And I'm, dude, I'm not perfect, man. That's good. You gotta like, like momentum is big, but. I'm not perfect. There's some things that I still slack on that I know I need to get get on. You know what I mean? And do you get reminded of that by other people, by life situations, or does it just pop in your head like, oh, shit, yeah, this is like two weeks in a row now where I fucked this up? All of it, yeah. Like, all is that all things. three of those kind of happen? Yeah, okay, definitely. gotcha, like, gotcha. Fuck, I need to get going on this. Like, gotcha. Why do I keep slacking on this? But, you know. Yeah, dude, I think discipline, like, a, what I always think of discipline is it's the things, like, in my gut I know I should be doing and I need to do even when I don't feel like doing that yeah that's when i elude emote the most discipline i don't even know if those are words but when i display discipline from a personal perspective it's when i'm doing things i know i need to be doing that are good for me in one way or the other even when i don't feel like doing them that's like and then when you do that it's like when you don't feel like working out where you don't feel like eating that healthy food and you eat it then afterwards you just feel way better about yourself that's kind of the same thing with the discipline it's like that you build that momentum eventually Exactly. I think you and I are very lucky, Taylor, because you and I happen to have passions and outlets and things we truly enjoy, yeah. and we make money doing some of those things we truly enjoy as well, yes. which is great. Exactly. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people who are miserable because they the job they do they don't like, their relationships they don't like, yep. um, they look in the mirror they don't like that, mm-hmm. they look at their bank account they don't like that. And so that's, I think, the type of person where it's the hardest to stay disciplined 
and hold themselves accountable. And my advice to that type of person, which is probably most, unfortunately, most people is because uh, some people aren't as lucky as us. They weren't in their teenage years when they discover what they really like doing or 20s or whatever um, is I would just start with <clears throat> looking at what you can control and going from there. Yeah. So focus is one of my favorite words. Just and I'm literally going to get it tattooed on my bicep in, in three weeks. So <laughs> but I for those people out there listening or whoever listens to this next week in two years or in 20 years, if you're in that situation where there's not much in your life you actually enjoy, let's see what we can do to quickly change that. What's in your control to change? Maybe you start a side hustle. Maybe you do a hobby that's not going to take away from your job that you need to do. Maybe you get better communicating with your people in relationships that you don't really enjoy. You know, maybe you're in a toxic relationship and you yeah. got to find you got to find ways to communicate to maybe get some alone time or you know, maybe you get home from a terrible job. You get done doing a job you hate and you come home to a really toxic environment. Yeah. That's, I can only imagine. I'm not going to, that's not a light thing. Like that's, can, I can only imagine how tough it is to hold yourself accountable totally. and stay, you know, cause I'm willing to bet a lot of the people we were just talking about how like only 8% of people keep their new year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. I don't know the percentage. So I'm not going to throw out a random number, but most of those people are not keeping them for reasons similar to that. Like it maybe most of the people who keep the resolutions, I guarantee don't have a job they hate or a toxic family relationship or a toxic home mm-hmm. or terrible um, self-esteem. The 8% of the people who keep the resolutions are probably the people who are doing something they like or who are confident or who are in loving relationships. And so that's the battle for, I think, a lot of people. Right. And you alluded to it and your answer is, you know, you start getting this momentum. Like once you find your your creative aspects of your life, things that you enjoy, all of a sudden, before you know it, you start surrounding yourself with like-minded people. Right. And that starts creating positive energy and positive emotions. And Taylor and I were talking about before the episode, emotion, E-motion, literally means the movement of energy. And energy is contagious. You walk into a room with five people, you can usually read the energy of that room. You know how they say that? It's contagious, man. If you walk in a room with five people and they're all just yelling and fighting, you're going to get a little anxiety or stress and your cortisol is going to go up a little bit. Right. And the same if they're all calm and happy or complimenting on your shirt or whatever. So I think my answer is very similar to Taylor's. Taylor and I are not perfect by any means. No one is. But we've developed the ability to be very good, not perfect, but very good at discipline and holding ourselves accountable because we do things we enjoy. And the things that we don't enjoy, I, I always just know it's like I, I can just catch myself from where I wreck myself. And that's just from experience of being – self-aware um so i'm pretty lucky but Dude, just I like think, you i think you know i'm sure we talked about this in the past but doing things that are difficult and hard and challenging and i heard somebody talk about this recently i don't know where i heard it i listened to a whole bunch of different podcasts that's another thing that's so great for you every day is to just listen to a podcast or audiobook anyways i've heard that i heard this yeah somewhere. wisdom is a wisdom is, like you just basically get the definition of wisdom oh, wisdom is the accumulation of one new quote or one new fact or one new knowledgeable yeah. tidbit every day go ahead yeah but doing difficult things and becoming a newbie at something you know like doing like there's a, a couple things this year that i'd like to get started on doing just just because i don't know any really anything about them other than they're really cool you know yeah and i think doing that with just repeatedly over and over again and i think one of the reasons why i'm able to do some of these different things so many of these things that i really enjoy like you know cold tub and sauna and training intense training and lifting all these things is just because i 
I got a taste of it pretty early on in my life of like, oh, wow, this is really fucking hard. But I feel really, I feel oddly really good after I, after I do this. And know? every time you do it, you're learning how to push past that adversity. You are literally choosing during a cold tub like we did last night yeah. or a sauna like we did yesterday or a hard workout. You're literally, no one's holding a gun in your head and forcing it. You're choosing to put your body and your mind through adversity and you're getting through it and overcoming it. So yeah. then when you do have those goals that you set and a little road bump, a little bump in the road comes along, it doesn't knock you off path and you quit right away. Exactly. You've learned and trained your body and your mind how to push through that because every day you strategically choose to implement adversity in your life. Yep. And just so happens that adversity happens to be really good for you as well. And, I, and that's the same with me. That's the best part about the things that you just alluded to. So anyways, I was just trying to piggyback off what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, a lot of the stuff is as simple as a choice. Like you might not be able to do a CrossFit workout or something with a certain weight or something like that. But you can still scale it back and do it, go as hard as you possibly can. You might, you know, I might not be able to back squat as much as you, Jack, but I can still fucking lift heavy as fuck for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, your pound still, for pound strength is insane. Right. Yeah. I can still do what I can do. Correct. You know? And I think uh, it just popped in my head, and this is kind of the one of my last thoughts on the whole holding yourself accountable and staying on track is you just alluded to how, you know, you might not be able to back squat as much as me, but you do what's what you're capable of. For those of you who might have forgot, I'm probably 60 pounds heavier than Taylor, mm -hmm. more than that. Yeah, probably 60, yeah. 60 or 70 pounds heavier, and I'm like a foot taller. So it's obvious I can squat more. But the my point is the comparing. I think a lot of people, and I used to be in this kind of category, is they'll set resolutions or goals or try to hold themselves accountable. Not resolutions or goals aside, just discipline in general. A lot of people will let that comparison trap get in the way of their discipline. Sure. And Taylor, if you shit on yourself and got all down in the dumps every time you saw me lift more weights than you, then you'd get nowhere in the gym. Right. But you have perspective and self-awareness and realize, okay, that guy's 70 pounds heavier and a foot taller. Yeah, no shit, you can back squat more than me. That doesn't make you a less fit or better version of a human. It's like, right. so that whole comparison thing, I think is uh, I think that gets something to keep your eye on, something to keep your eye on, especially Absolutely. when it comes to physical resolutions. When you're surrounded by other people, is that that comparison, you know, everyone's jokes or not jokes, but everyone's probably heard that comparison is a thief of joy, but it's true. And no one's comparable. Right. I saw an athlete the other day who had a tattoo on his forearm that said one of one. It was actually cool. And that's actually true though, for everyone, everyone is one of one. You're, no one's comparable, even just their, their thumb isn't comparable to anyone else on the planet, let alone their phys the rest of their physical body you can see in the gym. So their thumbprint, I should say. So uh, that's I think that trap is something people should also keep aware of. And if you, if, like you alluded to and like we alluded to in the intro, if you want to learn more about kind of our thoughts on that, or I'm sure you guys could YouTube how to get away from the comparison habit. There's other yeah. great minds out there who can talk about it, but tons. I don't know. They just popped in my head. That can get in the way. That got in the way of a lot of my goals is I also didn't set goals or didn't hold myself accountable. I just didn't even try because I didn't want to. I just got this in comparative trap and then. That's a, uh, that happens to a lot of people. And it, it's inherently normal for human beings to do that. Yeah. A lot of people fall into that trap. And that's one of the reasons why people don't follow through on physical resolutions for new, you know. Yeah, yeah is the comparison thing. People go to the gym and they, they think they're not good enough because so-and-so is doing more than them or something like that. Yeah. And that's just not true. You know, you yeah. got to focus on you. you got to focus on you. 
Right. And compare yourself to who you were the other yesterday. That's such right. another cliche thing, but it's so true. Right. Did it's you like, do something better this day? You know, did you did you improve on anything? Did you improve even in the most minuscule way? Yeah. I'm working with someone right now who is trying to get over they're trying to start drinking less. And they were kind of beating themselves up because they had something to drink on a day they plan on not drinking, but it was like three times less than they normally would drink on that day. So I was like, okay, don't yes. compare yourself to someone like me who didn't drink today or who didn't fall into that drinking trap. Compare yourself to who you were three months ago. You would have had three times more alcohol. You won, awesome. you, you yeah. won the day. You didn't do as good as you wanted to, but there's no reason to beat yourself up because you're comparing yourself to someone else's does nothing to do with what you just accomplished today. So that's kind of a quick example. Yeah. Or in the gym, sometimes you do have to go through the motions. One of my favorite Taylor is knows this guy obviously too is Jocko Willink. He talks about because you know his whole thing is discipline. Jocko, discipline, mm -hmm. go. His whole thing, discipline equals freedom. Sometimes the way he pushes through the natural downward curve of motivation is just going through the motions. And then someone might say, "Oh, you just fucking went through the motions, didn't you?" Do yeah, well, that's better than not doing anything at all. So there's some times where I just don't feel like eating healthy. I feel like just getting ice cream or I don't feel like going to the gym. Sometimes you just got to go through the motions, man. Go in, get the reps done, maybe at 50% of the weight or 50% volume, 50% effort. Just to train Just, just to get – yeah, just to train yourself to force yourself to still do it. Just go through the motions, man. It wasn't – not every workout is the best workout I've ever had. Not every right. meal is the healthiest meal I've ever had. But if I just go through the motions on the days where I don't feel like doing anything towards – my goals and I'm, I'm set up and I think you probably agree to that. That's really what creates discipline too. Yeah. Training your body for it to become second nature, you know? Yeah. And your mind won't get in the way then. Right. You exactly. Know? Both. And, of body course, and, and of course, body having, having purpose and passion is, makes it a hell of a lot easier, but what a blessing it is. Yeah. Right? Oh, Dude, absolutely. I, yeah. What a blessing. Oh. It's, it, I don't sit down and write out things I'm grateful for. Like hardly ever, but I, in my mind, I do think like I'll, often I think this like, gosh, I'm grateful I actually have something I know I enjoy doing. Me too. I often think, and that's a, that's a blessing because some people don't even know what they want to do or what right. they like. They don't even know what they like. I I don't write out things I'm grateful for say, but I often think about it and reflect on it. Yeah. So. Hell yeah, dude. So anyway, speaking of. Physical resolution, not really physical resolution. Just physical fitness, fitness in stuff. Yeah, we'll transition over to fitness stuff. Jack and I sat down the other night. And we kind of wrote down some of our weekly training must-haves. I think since about really since about June, we've been doing a lot of strength training and bodybuilding and hypertrophy training and stuff like that. A lot less like wads and CrossFitty type stuff. A lot more strength training. In tons of different types of strength training within that paradigm of hypertrophy, yeah. plyometrics, compound strength training, all sorts of different things. Different um, tempos, diff everything, different, different, tempos, different uh, equipment. Focusing on eccentric portions of the movement, isometric, concentric, concentric, yeah. yeah, so many different things we've been doing. At the same time, though, we're not completely neglecting our lungs. We correct every week, like T Taylor and I will do a sprint session like 15 to 30 second sprint intervals mm -hmm. on an assault bike a skier or rower or the track if it's not snowing out so it's not like we're not testing our lungs and some of our weightlifting sessions are so intense that we're breathing heavy so right we're just not especially for you for me you know when i was in my competitive crossfit days 
yes, my level of cardio movements is definitely way down, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm any less healthy, fit, no. agile, Especially or functional. I feel more functional now than I did when I was, when I was in my best CrossFit shape because I don't have any injuries. I'm exactly, not, I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm more mobile than ever. Uh, I'm getting stronger every week. And you're so, actually, yeah. you're going to get a, quite a bit of cardiovascular benefit out of the sprint training we do. It's yep. very important. It's probably one of the most important aspects of training in general to do some type of sprint work, even if it's twice a month. That way you're training those fast switch fibers that tend to deteriorate as you get older. We're not old by any means no, at all. No, but um, you also get cardiovascular benefit out of just basic, basic walking. I think people totally underestimate that. We talked about it ad nauseum, but... Walking, sauna as well. You get hyperthermic conditioning from that, and even the cold and the sauna both can give you a little bit of a yeah. And, and boost. we're talking like once a week. I'm I'm doing like four rounds of twenty second sprinting. Mm -hmm. And some people might hear that and be like, "That's not or cal sprints." We did fifteen yeah. cal sprints, which are a little oh, that's right, calories not intense. I think that's a little bit more intense than just like fifteen second sprints. Correct, but that still took less than. 10 minutes total time for yeah. our cardio only training. And most people might think, God, that sounds too easy. What do you guys, it feels like you just yeah. ran a marathon. It's, yeah. it's insane. You're, you're going to be on the ground dying. So in a good way. So it's not like we're neglecting the cardio. We're not just turning into puffy meatheads. No, um, definitely not. But anyways, go ahead and dive in if you want to continue. I just wanted to make sure people realize like we're still doing, we're still functional. We're still varied. We still touch all the bases. We're just not doing, I think balance is kind of unrealistic. Um, a lot, a lot of people think, to, yeah, a lot of people think so like functional fitness, a lot of people associate functional fitness with only, you know, the kettlebell or the steel mace or CrossFit or whatever. Odd object. Yeah. Odd object. Yeah, yeah. But that's just simply not true. I think, I think there's doing things like, you know, we implement, we've been implementing a lot of like face down and hamstring curls and quad extension and hack squat, leg press, all those type of machine movements. If you're doing those movements in conjunction with things like a squat, a deadlift and stuff like that, that to me is functional, you know, and yeah. we do like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of stuff we do. We'll kind of go over our weekly training must-haves here in a bit. There's a lot of things we do that are, are very functional as well. I do a lot of Russian swings with the kettlebell, fantastic for your posterior chain, your Turkish get-ups, Turkish get-ups farmer carries, we still implement all those things. I think the best way to describe it is someone, my, my, someone was asking me the other day about like, Oh, how would you describe what you do in the gym these days? Now that, cause they know I took two years off because I was dying in the hospital with kidney stuff. And now I've gotten back into it for the past year. It's different than before 2017 when I was a competitive CrossFit athlete, because that was sports specific training. And now I would describe my training as functional training so my body does not get in the way of my life. I feel like I was more in danger of my body getting in the way of my daily life or in an emergency when I was competitive CrossFit training because my risk for injury, overtraining, and burnout were way more, not overtraining, but burnout and injury. I had some severe injuries. I had hip surgery, shoulder surgery, just from CrossFit training alone that in an emergency, in the real world, I would have been fucked. Mm. And so now I describe my training, and this is kind of similar to Taylor for the most part, but I describe it as I'm training in the gym every day so my body is in the best position it can be in any circumstance that comes about my day. 
I don't want, we're in a building right now, a two story building in the studio here for the podcast. If three guys come in here with baseball bats, I don't want my body to inhibit me, (laughs) decrease my chances of getting out of here alive. You know, I want to have my body give me the best chance possible. So if I get injured doing stupid training and I'm in on crutches with after hip surgery, I'm screwed. So that's kind of how I, I don't know, that's pretty wordy, but that's kind of how I describe it. I'm training in the gym to be as functional as I can and to have my body never get in the way of my daily life. Um, and that's kind of functional in a nutshell. Is this, is this movement going to help you in your day-to-day activities? And some days your activities might be a fight or flight emergency. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it might just be picking up your little baby off the floor from falling or whatever. You know what I mean? So that's why it's important to train functional movements. Like um, we're going to get into this in a bit, but I train after this. Today's kind of a rest day for me, but I'm going to go hit the heavy bag a little bit. I think it's important to train different planes of movement, even if it's once or twice a week, doing some sort of rotational exercise or uh, heavy bag work or something like that, where you're actually twisting and turning. Because mm-hmm. that's where, like, like you said, if somebody were, were to come to the building with a baseball bat or something like that, it's not going to be somebody, linear motions, right? You're not going to be going. You're not going to be like going up and down trying to defend yourself. Yeah, you're going to be fighting in the transverse. You're going to be defending yourself in the transverse right. plane motion, not the sagittal plane or frontal plane. <laughs> so exactly. I mean, and I think the main the main thing that's differentiating between my training and I think this speaks for Taylor as well. Like for example, we're about a year into this podcast a year ago i think i'm i know me personally taylor taylor's probably a little different because he wasn't coming off of being chronically sick but my training is way more intense and way more hardcore now than it was a year ago but what is way more intense way more hardcore is my recovery and that's the difference between kind of our functional training that taylor and i do is we take just as much time in the recovery more time in the recovery aspect than we do in the gym as you, um, as you so get that's more, what's keeping us functional and healthy. Yeah. Some of the movements we're doing are extreme. We're putting our bodies through the ringer in the gym, but our recovery is 10 times better than it used to be, especially for me. Yeah. What, what would you say for you? Oh, you definitely. Yeah. And we, we've talked about recovery in the past, but I just wanted to make sure that clarification is there as well. I think my training has only increased in intensity and in um, rigor over the past year, but I've doubled down on my recovery and nutrition as well. So, yeah. And as you get more into lifting and, and training in general, whether you're in CrossFit or just lifting, bodybuilding, all that stuff, you'll get more into with your body and your CNS and uh, in the way that you, in your endocrine system, all the systems in your body, you'll get more in tune with your body as a whole on when you need to recover and when and what day you need to you take need to take exactly off. So and you'll like, realize like okay i need to recover focus on recovery right. and mobility and maintenance you'll you'll notice unless you don't have pain receptors which everyone does so yeah right most everyone and, uh, and holding off too because correct the day yesterday we did a kind of a leg day front not kind of we did a leg day front squat yeah did we do a leg different day. things my god and the day before that i hit a one rep max new one rep max deadlift and did a bunch of other things so it's like today, it's like you got need to let your body recover. That way you can build. Yeah. I mean, in, in the past, like, for example, yesterday's five-by-five five front squat, my hips and knees were just feeling a little achy. So I did just two reps in my last set. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just the very beginning of the super long workout we did. So, like, the old self, the old Jack would have just said, fuck it. I'm doing five-by-five. Five. 
And that's the reason why I tore my hip to shreds in the past. I had to yeah. get surgery on it and then tore my, you know what I mean? Cause I didn't listen to my body and I yeah. was ego lifting too much. Yeah. And so that's, what's keeping us healthy and functional as well. Mm-hmm. So do you want to jump into some of our weekly? Let's jump into it. Yeah. The weekly things that Taylor and I do, we, we, we address on a weekly basis and this is what helps keeps us the most athletic functional and fit as possible so go for it dude you want, you want to start start it yeah just kind of piggyback off anything yeah so i wrote down a bunch of stuff the other day so weekly training must haves plus lifestyle uh for me my essentials are sleep nutrition mobility work just some light stretching i do that every, almost every single night whether that's just hanging from a pull-up bar and stuff like that um sunlight some cold therapy some sauna therapy but as far as lifting goes for me uh what gets what I get the most out of some type of squat that can be front, back, goblet, uh, deadlift that could be drop bar, conventional, clean grip, whatever. Uh, some type of bench press, mostly uh, either dumbbell, flat, incline. It could be any of those variations. An overhead press could be dumbbell or barbell. Again, any of the variations: neutral grip, standard, standard, regular. Uh, bent row is another one that I get a lot out of, and that includes things like prone rows or seal rows. Uh, kettlebell work for me, I usually try to keep that to, um, I'll do once or twice a, a week to a month. I'll do kettlebell man makers. I'll do Russian swings. Uh, Russian swings are on a weekly basis. Turkish get up is almost on a weekly basis. Um, this seems like a lot, but it's actually not when you actually combine it all. But some type of body weight work pull-up, push-ups, dips. Right now we're doing a lot of weighted body weight work. We're doing stuff kind of on the rings at on track and then on st- a standard strict strict uh, dip, messing around with different push-up variations. Uh, like I said earlier, one to two rotational movements. There's a bunch of different movements that I'm, I like doing. So we haven't done this in a while, but doing things with the landmine, uh, there's a couple banded rotational movements that I like to do, but honestly, I like to just hit the heavy bag to get rotational work, just to get that functional, mm-hmm. you need to be able to defend yourself. And I mean, I see a lot of people hitting the heavy bag at a athletic club and it is very uncoordinated and, and sad, but you need to be able to defend yourself and it's important to do that. And even that, the rotational work helps with your spine health and your core stability Absolutely. And, and your hip, your, your hip girdle stability and symmetry. So it helps with more than just definitely it. I, I got a few more things, but grip strength, uh, typically that is in the form of a max hang from pull-up bar for me. I, I do this. I don't, I've never recorded this for Instagram or anything like that because it's probably just so boring to watch. Well, I, for you because you can go forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've built up quite a bit, uh, but you hang from a bar that's not taped and you just wrap your thumb underneath the bar like a normal hang. Don't suicide grip it. Just wrap your thumb underneath the bar and you hang there until you absolutely fall the fuck off the bar. And it's a great test for your CNS as well. Um, but grip strength is extremely important. It's actually a direct biomarker. It's, there's been a couple studies done, I believe at Harvard, on grip strength and longevity. Um, I've got core training, some type of contraction, some type of isometric. It could be a plank. It could be a GHT setup for contraction. Sprint work, that's typically about twice a month uh, or, or once a week, depending on how we're feeling. But uh, that could be the assault bike or quick burst sprints at the track, like 100 meters. Um, 
And that's that's mostly what I got for for my must haves. And that's all seems like a lot, but when you combine all that stuff, yeah, over a seven that, over a seven day period with sixty within one to two hour training sessions, that, yeah, that's not that much. It's really Trust not. Me. And those are the must haves. That's not even everything we we do. We do. I, mean, that's, <laughs> I didn't even say that farmer got farmer carries and grip strength. I had some functional bodybuilding, like machine based work. It's just there's tons of stuff we do, but those are kind of like the the meat and potatoes, if let me, you will. Yeah, and let me reiterate. It sound it might also sound like Taylor spends ten hours a day in the gym, or so, or, ta- or I spend ten. It's not. It's you. Almost every of our every one of our workouts were done in ninety minutes or less. Um, in fact, like all of them. Yeah. And the intensity is up and stuff. And the only thing I would add on top of Taylor's is. My all, all my weekly kind of non-negotiables, weekly training must are the same as Taylor, except I also always do um, jaw strengthening work just for symmetry with the jaws or size. I do my bulletproof neck complex, which is a body weight neck complex laying down on a bench to kind of keep my sternocleidomastoid and kind of just my posture as good as I can, as, as, as well off as I can. And then my bulletproof shoulder complex because I've had shoulder surgery and just Shoulder health is so important when it comes to weight training. So those are the only three I'd add in. I do I would do jaw work with the jaw exercise because um, I've had jaw problems in the past as well. And I do my neck bulletproof neck complex, my bulletproof shoulder complex. And besides that, almost identical to Taylor's. And there, there's obviously depending on the training cycle that we're in or kind of what we're training for. Uh, there's things that we also do on top of this, but these are kind of like the general must-haves that we always end up touching during a week training uh micro cycle so uh, yeah and i think some of the things that i've really enjoyed is different t- styles of training that we've gotten into there, we talked about this yesterday taylor but there's a whole new world so for so many years i was a competitive crossfit athlete and i did a couple of weightlifting competitions and there's there's really maybe there's one or two CrossFit style competition workouts where you're pacing yourself. Like maybe you have like a three minute period to get this many reps done. And if you get this many reps done in a minute and a half, then you have a minute and a half to rest. Like, yeah. But most of the training I was doing was as fast as possible, as quickly as possible, as heavy as possible. There's hardly any tempo work involved. Right. A couple of competitions had isometric holes in there mm-hmm. as those, like as measuring sticks. Don't, or don't get us wrong. Like we, I 100%, I think CrossFit has a lot oh, to yeah, offer. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not I shitting on both it. do. Yeah, like, yeah. But, I think it's unbelievable. But, but <laughs> I neglected so many different types of training by only narrow-mindedly sticking to that kind of specific style of training. Mm-hmm. Now, on a weekly, monthly, and yearly basis, I incorporate not only that, but other kind of functional bodybuilding styles of training, like tempo work, different pause reps. So like you'd go like on a strict press with a dumbbell, you go halfway up, pause for a second, and then go the rest of the way up to the full rep, come down and then, you know, just do different pause reps and tempo reps, um, different holds and also um, flex training, something that I've been starting to incorporate more, which I think is so fascinating. So like, after, for example, like after an incline dumbbell bench and maybe um, a bicep curl, like superset or something, that's just a basic example, you would flex the two muscles that you just did. So after an incline dumbbell bench, you do your one set of like eight, you get up and you flex your pecs, the part of your pec that you're just working as hard as you can for five to 10 seconds, relax, go to your bicep curl, do whatever bicep curl movement you're doing, flex the bicep as hard as you can. So after every set, you're flexing that muscle that you just worked to force the blood into there. Still a whole other type of yeah. training that you don't do 
when it comes to the functional CrossFit type of stuff, which I think is still great, but it's just a whole other world, which I've never even thought about. Um, and machine work. I didn't use a machine for probably three years straight yeah. because I was in a type of gym that was all free weights or strongman equipment or odd object, stones, sandbags, yokes. Um, so the, just the access to machine work to keep symmetry in the body and make sure one muscle is not one side of your, you know, one leg is not overcoming the other. That's also that been a, a huge game changer. For so sure. I feel like I'm, I, I went on a rant there, but that's the most exciting thing I think recently since the last time we talked about training on this podcast is the different styles of training that we incorporate throughout the month is this new, and, and that all increases strength and growth and everything. But right. uh, my two favorite new favorites that I've been doing is the tempo training. And yes, I've done like um, pause reps and Olympic lifting and stuff, but I'm talking about when sure. it comes to like functional bodybuilding, tempo training and pause reps and then flex training Yeah, for like hypertrophy purposes and just trying to get as big as I can. Yeah. So those are my two favorite. Do you have any, any new things you've been doing that you really yeah. enjoy? Oh, for sure. So, Give a couple examples. There's a lot of things that we've been yeah, doing I mean, have in a the lot past like four months or so that we've really been implementing. And one, like you said, is the machine work. A machine. So for many years, I did not do any machine work. And when I started doing CrossFit in 2013, yeah, I was not doing any machine work. I was doing, you know, all the movements that CrossFit prescribes. Like I was doing kipping pull-ups and handstand push-ups and Olympic lifting and things like that. But I did not touch a machine literally until like this past year. And man, it is, I think there's a, a lot of benefit to using machines. And yeah. A lot of people will say that a lot of people know that already, but for me, especially targeting certain muscle groups, like the hamstrings. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. You can isolate certain muscle groups and it's safe targeting. Like you can right. safely target that muscle. There's a lot of movements that we would do kind of on leg days. We still implement a lot uh, at on track at the CrossFit gym, but there you're a little bit more limited in isolation so there's a lot of different movements you can do functionally like you can do uh, dumbbell crossover rdls you can do barbell rdls there's there's a bunch of different things you can do you can do trx hamstring curls as much ways you can get around this but it's awesome having another gym to train you know based on hamstring curls and seated hamstring curls and things like that. Yeah, my my main lifts, my squat, deadlift, bench, clean, and snatch have all gone up because I am supplementing the training for those with one or two days a week of machine work. So yeah. like yesterday, for example, on our leg day, Taylor and I did a leg day. We started off with a five by five front squat. Then we did some back rack uh, Bulgarian split lunges. That's an incredible. And then we movement. went into machine work. Mm -hmm. And then we finished with um, a couple other body weight and like kind of more crossfit style things. But normally what we do is we wouldn't isolate different parts of the leg on the machine and really force the endurance, force the blood in there, force the strength. And, and something like a leg press or a hack squat machine, yep, we squat. those things, I have noticed more crossover and carryover positive effect to my like to my main compound, like squat right. and deadlift than anything and then into any other top style training I've done before. So I think just not doing them every day, but also not doing them at all is so we, you know, that's been a huge game changer. I agree, Taylor. And it's yeah. safe. 
Um, and, you know, I think for me, I was kind of just thought, oh, machines, it's only for meathead bodybuilders who look stiff as a board and mm -hmm. can't walk through a door straight. No, you know? necessarily but no, I've noticed an extreme gain in my more functional movements because of the supplement of the machine work. Definitely. And there's so many ways you can do it. Instead of on a hamstring curl machine, instead of just doing four by 12 reps, there's times where Taylor and I do, Taylor and I do 10 reps on the right leg, then 10 reps on the left leg only, mm -hmm. then 10 reps on double leg. And then there's some days we'll do that, but we'll do tempo, slow and controlled, or we'll do pause reps. So there's so many things you can do to vary it up. It's just an endless realm of creativity in the gym. Find ways to make it harder for yourself to put your body through more pain and to torture yourself. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of merit to certain things that you can do. <laughs> there's, there's a lot you can do with, like, especially with machines, with, in regard to hypertrophy and growing muscle tissue and targeting certain groups of muscles. I went down, we were at a big tech gym in Austin, and I got to use oh, a, yeah. stand, a stand up, one of the coolest gyms I've ever, ever been to in my life. Uh, I, used, I used a stand up hamstring curl. I also used this old school, like, they had a couple old school calf machines where you like stand underneath the calf machine. And it was just really interesting to see all the different types of, oh, for the uh, pullbacks, I recorded on my IG story, but. They had these, seated pullbacks. Yeah, seated oh, pullbacks. Yeah. They had these these grips called. I think the company's Mag. It's called Mag. Just like you hold them, just you curl. You almost curl your hands underneath the grips. It's just so cool. But there's just so much shit you can do, like in the, in the world of lifting. Yeah, and I think that's, find. that's pretty much what Taylor and I were trying to get at with this part of the episode. Is um, we have kind of discovered a whole new kind of uh, avenue to training where it doesn't have to only be mobility warm up and then let's do some gymnastics training and then let's do some lifting let's do, and then let's finish with a wad right and then we'll do a cool down and call it quits mm -hmm. um there are so many other aspects that we do that you can do and that we do on top of that um and and it kind of in a nutshell it's basically functional bodybuilding on top right. of crossfit training or you know high intensity training yeah. but um yeah i mean i could talk about this all day oh, there's man, some yeah. cool stuff dude i mean tomorrow night for example um, and, and single single arm and single leg stuff, like tomorrow we're going to do arms and shoulders for like 90% of the workout, Taylor and I are, and then we're going to do a finisher of like um, uh, unstable push-up style, like a push-up in an unstable environment. Maybe it's on like a BOSU ball or foam roller, and then uh, max effort cedar roast. But basically we're doing arms and shoulders for most of the training session, and like singling out your single arm, your single right bicep, or your single left bicep, and then your right delt, your left delt. That, that even adds even more. Yep. Just kind of change to your training session and environment. Yeah, I'm excited, man. It, it's it's uh, It keeps you guessing coming back, too, because there's a point six years of CrossFit-style only training where it's like, okay, you can only – you kind of start running out of ways to keep your body engaged and not plateau. Or not overtrain and deal. I don't know. I mean, there it's very it. hard. It, I I was always engaged. And I loved it. But yeah, me too. I didn't feel like I was getting enough um, variety and growth and gains in other areas like mobility or um, tendon health and stuff right. like that. There's so. kind of a set amount of movements you do in like traditional CrossFit, and then you can a lot of guy, a lot of people, at least a lot of the injuries that I see in gym and CrossFit gyms, a lot of them are just like pattern overload injuries. So you're just constantly doing the same exact movement over and over again. And that's kind of what I felt yesterday. I, th yesterday was the fourth heavy day, fourth heavy day of like 
ass to grass squats I've done mm-hmm. in, four, in the last 14 days. And yeah. My hips and knees are just getting kind of achy and just mm-hmm. sore. And I could just, that pattern of that deep squat in a front squat and a back squat with heavy ass weight just mm-hmm. was getting to me. And that's kind of a perfect example of what you're saying. Yeah. But anyways, let's wrap this up. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Great um, yeah, we can, uh, we can uh, tell you guys that uh, we have a new intro song to the yeah. episode. So you make sure you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's our first episode with a new intro song, or this will be our second one now. Yeah. Um, this will be second episode of 2021. Taylor and I are starting to reach out to more guests for this year coming mm-hmm. up as well. And then, um, be a good year. Yeah, dude. It's every year's, I, oh, yeah, dude. Every year's amazing, dude. I, every, even the worst, quote unquote, you, there's no, yeah, I, I kind of try to catch myself. There's no good and bad. It's just your yeah. opinion. Um, but like, yeah, dude, it's, it's, uh, just it's gonna be a good day tomorrow a day the rest of the day i don't know i just stay in the moment stay present the year is as good as you want it to be it's gonna be it is what you make it you know and if you waste your time and energy on things you can't control it's gonna be a shitty year i guarantee that very true all right dude any last words before i kick your ass (laughs) (laughs) i'm waiting for these guys to come in with baseball bats i know dude i kind of i'm on high alert i'm I'm kind of excited i want something to happen (laughs) all right guys we'll see we'll see you here real soon yep catch you in the next episode peace out Later.